Many were shocked by the sudden passing of Susan Ryan recently at 77 years of age. A senator for the ACT from 1975 to 1988, she became a minister in the Hawke government in 1983 and oversaw portfolios of education, youth affairs and the status of women. Post-politics, she was Age Discrimination Commissioner from 2011 to 2016 and Disability Commissioner from 2014 to 2016. Noreen Young is the Professor of Indigenous Workplace Diversity at the Jambana Institute at the University of Technology, Sydney. Noreen, you knew Susan Ryan. From your perspective, what is her legacy? I think the Sex Discrimination Act is without question her legacy, but I think it's far more than that. If you look at that act, it was enormous reform. It said for the first time that in personal interactions and in structural setups there can be discrimination. And so the introduction of the Sex Discrimination Act in 1984 and particularly the impact of it in workplaces has paved the way for the other acts and one that's very important to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people is the Racial Discrimination Act in terms of the way that plays out, for example, in workplaces and in the provision of goods and services like renting houses and interactions with banks. But then there's the intersectional nature. I was looking at Facebook on the weekend and thinking about the fantastic women in business groups and and the one that Lisa Watergo set up for COVID and responses to that. And if there hadn't been a Sex Discrimination Act, women would never have been able to get loans from the bank, black, white, brindle, whatever. And so the Sex Discrimination Act affects everybody and it's affected the country and I think that that's Susan's major legacy. I was just going to actually ask you about the impact she had on Indigenous women. She came through in a time or sort of a wave of feminism that was really active in women's rights and then I guess along the way started to think about those issues of intersectionality, how Indigenous women, how lesbians fitted into that main sweep of Mm. women's rights changes. And I wondered if you had any further reflections on Susan's legacy in relation to that? I think that those women were thinking about themselves. Those second wave feminists did, not all of them. If you think about Meredith Bergman, for example, she's someone who was always involved in the Indigenous struggle as well as being involved in the women's movement. But I think we have to be fair and say that those second wave feminists were thinking about themselves. But as they went further and further in their careers, they certainly did start to think about the intersectional aspects. And I I know that it's a struggle for us to know where to put ourselves in the women's movement, but I, I think that perceiving it from an intersectional point of view is really useful. And I think the way to perceive the Sex Discrimination Act is that we are women too and Susan's legacy. And so that's where it fits in for us. I think one of the things that many of us who had the privilege of meeting Susan Ryan would have always taken away was how full of life she was. And she just Mm. seemed to grab every moment and every opportunity with such energy. And I was just wondering from a more personal point of view, how did she come across to you as a person and what will you remember about her in terms of the woman she was? 
Well, that's exactly how she was to me, Larissa. I met her when I was at Diversity Council Australia and she was the Age Discrimination Commissioner and I thought that that was the most perfect appointment because she was someone who was gaining in years but, as you say, took every opportunity in life with such vigour. She also was very much an Irish Australian and, and we have gone to Ireland a lot and she used to sign her emails off to me where she'd be giving me tips um, with Slauncher and she gave us this tip last year actually to go to the birthplace of Seamus Heaney which is somewhere in the Midlands, I forget exactly where, and it was just such a typical Susan bit of advice. We drove for hours for a long way in Ireland, that's a long way for them, to get to this place, but we got there and it was absolutely worth it. He's one of the poets, the great poets, of our, contemporary poets of Ireland, and my partner and I love his poetry, and it was absolutely worth it. And I just thought that was such a Susan thing to do, and that was the first thing I thought of that she'd said to us, oh, you must go to Seamus Henney's birthplace, and then told us where it was and told us we had to go there, and that was just so Susan. Well, she certainly was an amazing person. But while we've got you on the show, Noreen, earlier this evening, Professor Lyndon Coombs mentioned that the federal government didn't provide great outcomes for women. What was your analysis? Well, again, if you look at the budget from the intersectional viewpoint and you look at the way it's impacted on women, there are no jobs for women. There's no provision for childcare. So apart from the obvious shortcomings in provision to Indigenous people, our people are women too. And so in terms of jobs, in terms of the provision of childcare, we need that too. It impacts on us greatly. It's a very, very disappointing budget for women and for Aboriginal people. I was going to ask you about Indigenous employment and the budget. Did you have any other specific reflections about that? Well, there's certainly nothing new and the continuation of the CDP as it is is really problematic. It remains discriminatory. It remains a scheme where people don't have access to wages or superannuation entitlements. There's no other scheme in Australia that operates like that. It's only for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and it's really problematic. I think we need a review of the job services system because it's not delivering for our people. So there's a whole lot of issues around the way we frame and talk about Indigenous employment that require a really long-term view, not the short-termism that this budget represents. From your perspective as an expert in this area, what has been the impact of COVID-19 on the Indigenous workforce? Well, I think, again, if you look at the stats, our people tend to work a lot in accommodation and tourism, for example, and the shutting down of that industry, and it's just about shut down, hospitality, accommodation and tourism has had a profound impact. And it's as if the world's just stopped in terms of employment outcomes. And I know, for example, I've worked a lot with the Accor Hotels Group. They have worked very hard to try to get their people into other occupations, but people like working in that industry. It's an industry that makes you feel good. It's really problematic. But we also know that it's the best thing from the health viewpoint, so it's hard to complain. With the ongoing challenges facing the economy, unprecedented economic challenges, are you concerned that gains made in workforce diversity will be lost? 
I think that it's a very real danger. In my experience during the GFC, diversity was hard hit because it's one of the first things to go in businesses. As we've seen in a few articles last week around those organisations that do maintain their focus on diversity will be the ones that gain most out of this period because we know that diversity is good for business. But I think if it's seen in an organisation as a feel-good and corporate social responsibility and not as a genuine thing that brings advantages to the business. And and I think we need to stop thinking about diversity practice and particularly Indigenous employment practice in what's good for business. It's what's good for Australia as well and what's good for our society. And so I think there is a real danger that a lot of diversity programs will fall by the wayside given the other things that are happening and that is really problematic and a real danger. Well, Noreen, thank you for dropping by this evening and particularly for sharing your thoughts with us on Susan Ryan. It's an honour. Noreen Young is the Professor of Indigenous Workplace Diversity at the Jambana Institute at the University of Technology, Sydney.